Coming up on today's episode, we kick off our ranking series with a look at the forward groups across the NHL, including where the Jets stand after the Dubois trade. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right, let's get right into it here. Officially kicking off the month of August in style. Lots to get to today. Always excited to get through the ranking series that we got each and every offseason because uh, it kind of gives us something a little bit different and new to talk about, which I'm sure you guys will enjoy as well. And hey, an actual hockey move was made. Wouldn't you know, <laughs> it, it took about a month after free agency, but we saw a team make a big splash. So maybe we'll get into that. Um, I mean, either in this episode or in the next one, when we talk about defensemen. Uh, but yeah, plenty to get into today. And uh, let's not waste any time. CJOB's Tyson Rewicki here once again. How we doing, T-Dog? How was the long weekend? Oh, the long weekend was awesome. Got some got some cabin time. Got some sun. Had some drinks. Now we're back. Now we're back at it. Talking some actual hockey instead of just mumbo-jumbo July talk with nothing going on. Mount Rushmore season, right? <laughs> I mean, the exactly. second we did the second we did best two Jets moments. That's when you know it's like we got we, we got to get into August here. Enough's enough. Uh, but that's good. That's good to hear. I was actually at the St. Norbert Farmers Market Saturday. Ooh, um, yeah, spent spent a pretty penny, any- but feeling pretty good about my purchases. Did you get any of the Jamaican beef patties? <laughs> that's funny you say that because uh yeah that was the first thing i saw and it was the last first thing i saw last thing i did so um yeah i always I always make sure once i saw that that was an absolute no-brainer there so i'm gonna have i have to go back this weekend and pick up a frozen pack shout out to kevin bergen he's a his mom's a mastermind behind that and they're all oh, they're so good they're so good i love the beef patties are you spicy or mild spicy yeah okay that's good that's good yeah you gotta go spicy you gotta go spicy yeah there's a few former skates and plates alumni actually the the fat iguana um they got a bunch of great hot sauces as well if you want to check them out either online or in person next weekend but yeah always a great time down there great food great produce and um my daughter didn't have a meltdown, so it was pretty much <laughs> as good as it could possibly get for an outing. Uh, um, let's get into the rankings in just a sec here, Tice. But quickly, uh, we're not going to do a trivia segment to start off the episode here because there is lots to get into. So we'll do a quick abbreviated Pugdoku look, mainly because the Winnipeg Jets are involved. And we both did our puck dokus as usual earlier on in the day. I'm intrigued to see who you pulled out of your Tyson. What was your combined score, by the way, across the three Jets picks, percentage-wise? Mike, it would be 2.3%. Oh my gosh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are we gonna be- so let's, let's start off here. We'll do Winnipeg and Nashville. And so for those that are still unaware of puck doku... You essentially have to match a guy that played for both teams or had a certain statistic that matches up with them as well. Uh, so Jets, Preds. Who'd you, you said we would both have the same guy, but I don't think we do. 
I went with, and I only did uh, Jets 2.0 players. Me too, me too. I didn't. I went with World Junior Hero. Oh, Matt you went Matt Halaschuk. Yep, Matt Halaschuk. 1%. Uh, just fix your, your microphone there, Tice. That's a good one. I did not think of Halaschuk. Yeah, uh, the gold uh, gold medal winning goal at uh, World Juniors Pass. Good call there. I uh, There was one guy I thought of for two different things here, but I thought I'd put him in for Nashville because I could think of uh, the one we'll get to at the end there. But I went with the uh, the paralyzer himself, the greatest shootout specialist in <laughs> NHL history, Matt Hendricks. Oh, he, that Tim Thomas goal is one of the best oh of gosh. all time. Just I, I, I literally, <laughs> it's so like it's it was such a like a basic move. Literally every goalie he went up, he didn't always score on it. He always got the goalie to to bite, like oh, like yeah. just without like it. You could do like a master class on on how to do the shot fake for Matt Hendricks. Uh, the other one, team wise, Tice Jets Montreal. A couple a couple good options on. I almost put Steve Mason, uh, but he didn't actually end up playing for Montreal. No, I thought so the I same would, thing. that would have cost me. I I, I went with uh, Michael Froelich. Oh, yeah, and that was uh, that was a nice guest. That was one percent. Really. Wow, that's interesting. I went, I went much, uh, much more off the board, um, and I th- it might have been because I saw the video of his shot blocking clinic. <laughs> I don't know if you remember the shift <laughs> from a regular season, a little game, a little while back. But I went with Eric Tangray. Oh my gosh, that is a Penguin legend. <laughs> yeah, point point five percent for Tangrady. Uh The last one was. You had to play for the Jets, and you had to play for at least five plus teams in your NHL career. Plenty of options with this one, Tyson. Who did you pull out of the memory bank? One of my favorite deep cut Winnipeg Jets players, out of at a stunning point three percent, Alexei Ponikarovsky. Huh. Yeah, not too many games. Not not too well, many games. There was a Jet Devil one that was like, this is just too easy. I did Ponikarovsky for that one. Uh, I'm surprised more people didn't guess him. Uh, my pick, 0.8%, a little more, uh, but good old reliable, the Cubano himself, Al Montoya. <laughs> Al Montoya also could have been with one. Montreal. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of teams that you can snag uh, Al Montoya in, too. He's got a... The life of a journeyman backup goalie. Yeah, wild, wild, wild times. The Montoya Pavlich debates of the twenty tens. We've yeah, we've come a long way. We've come a long way in that since then. Um, yeah, th- thankfully we don't have to rank the Pavlich Montoya goaltending tandem across the <laughs> NHL, but we do have to rank the goal or the forward cores the forward groups across the nhl amongst the different teams and that's what we'll get into right here and now so we won't waste any time for those that maybe haven't picked up on these episodes in the past it's very simple we rank forwards defense goalies maybe coaches and gms but primarily those three groups of skaters and we do it just based off one simple premise you have your choice of position for this season and a playoff run alone. Cap doesn't matter. Age kind of matters, but not really. It's just 
here and now, who are the best? Who would you rather have? That's simple. From there, you can kind of maybe differentiate your rankings. Myself, I lean a little bit more towards star player as opposed to depth, but this is why we do rankings and debates and things like that. So we pretty much take it from there. Um, did you have your rankings from last year, Tice, still? Uh, I could take a quick peek. I don't know. I don't have them directly on hand. That's all right. Not a big deal. I got mine here on the computer. So we can um, maybe take a look once we're done with our new rankings here. But I had the Winnipeg Jets at 19 last year in forward rankings uh, behind the Nashville Predators. How about that? That was a good that was a good <laughs> that was a good rank by me. Um, that will not be the case this year. No worries there. Um, I guess let's start with this, Tyson, before we get into the rankings. Was there anything that jumped out to you while you were doing this? Like something that, and this is why I kind of like doing it because there's either trends or things that I pick up on that I might not have thought going in. But was there something like league wide that piqued your interest? There's a ton of parody this year. There's so much. It's it's really crazy, and I've I feel like a lot of teams too in their bottom sixes, it, they're becoming more traditional than before. Like I, you even go back about three years ago, three or four years ago, and there seemed to be a little bit more of an emphasis on skill throughout the lineup. But I feel like coming into this season, there's kind of a bit of a, like I said, more traditional bottom six roles, like where you have the checking line and then really just a second checking line. And so I'm really intrigued to see how that plays out throughout the year, whether there's maybe some young guys who inject a little bit more skill in it throughout some of these lineups. But man, it's there's not once you get past like the top five, there's really not a whole lot of separation between the team top five and bottom five. Other than that, there's it's pretty tight. Yeah, that's that's what kind of not necessarily weirded out, but I was just surprised to see that there's not, in my opinion, not that many great forward groups in the NHL. Like there's a lot of good ones and some really good ones, but to me, there was only I don't know five, six ish. That I was like, yeah, these are top of the line forward groups. Everybody else is kind of all mumbled and jumbled together there. So it's just, I don't know if it's just the way it is in the terms of there wasn't a ton of movement. I, I don't know. It, it, it just seems like we'll see if it's the same with the defense groups and, and maybe goaltending. But I agree. There's, there's a pretty wide range of teams where you're like, you could rank them in any one of like 13 different spots. And you can make a reasonable argument for it. Um, so it's intriguing how the league is changing a little bit. I've noticed, you know, since I started doing this, at least, there used to be about 10 or so teams where you're like, yeah, that's that's legit right there. And that's been just whittled down to four or five, maybe six. And the rest of them all are kind of built the same where it's like you've got two or three impact players. And then just some solid guys up and down the line. Maybe it's the fact that there's a, I mean, maybe it is. 32 teams now Seattle comes in and you know it's it's difficult to differentiate yourself because the talent's a little more spread out so I don't know maybe that's it either way though let's get into the actual rankings themselves and I like to do it like this Tyson um, because it's easiest to separate the best from the bottom I'm going to assume that you do not have the Winnipeg Jets in the top 10 is that correct correct do you have them in the bottom 10 I do not Okay, good. We agree. 
So let's do that then first. Uh, do you want to start with the top or the bottom? Let's do let's do the bottom. There's some bad teams. <laughs> there's some bad, bad groups. There's one, there's one lineup though that really sticks out. So who who do you have at the bottom? Quickly, Chicago. Yeah, me too. It's not even close either. It's terrifying. I, I, like yeah, like their top line, like Lucas Reichel's pretty exciting. Obviously, you have Bedard and then Hall. After that, it is horrendous. Like it's bad. We are the worst team in the NHL this year by far, and it's not even close. Um. Well, we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that when we do the team rankings. I don't know if I does. I agree. The forward wise, nobody's even close to them. Like it's just terrible. And Bedard's going to be great. That's not even the part of it, right? Like I mean, you can put up seventy points this year. They're they're just so so bereft of talent. Literally from forward slots two through twelve. Yeah, like you're looking at Tyler Johnson. Andreas Antanasiu being your second line staples. That is awful. They are really awful. Bad. Yeah, they're really bad. They're really bad. I, I thought, for me, I thought going in San Jose would be the worst, but Hurdle and Couture pushed them a little bit above. But to me, there's, I think, six or seven bad, bad forward groups. I've yeah. got in order from worst to not as sucky uh, Chicago, San Jose, Nashville. Anaheim, Philly, Columbus, and then Arizona as my worst of the worst. I think after that, we start to see things get a little bit better. But to me, those are the teams that are well, well behind everybody else. Uh, we have a little bit of a difference there. You, I I was surprised you put Nashville in there. I, I'm, inc- I'm really high on Nashville, to be honest. I, I Why? Think that, I think that there's a couple guys on that team that are really – that people don't really know about that are really going to surprise some people this season. I think Philip Tomasino, a former first round picks got a lot of skill. Luke Evangelista plays that hard nosed game. You look like a guy like Tommy Novak too, who really burst onto the scene. I've like, he, I've been a huge fan of Tommy Novak for a long time, which is very surprising. Yeah. Have you? <laughs> there, there's a, I, I remember watching him in the, the moose admirals playoff series a couple, like two years ago. And just being really like being like, oh, this guy's really skilled, but I don't want to turn this into a Tommy Novak. Yeah, please <laughs> don't. But yeah, for mine, I, I agree. I had Chicago, San Jose. I went with Anaheim, Arizona, Philadelphia, and Montreal is like my bottom tier. Oh yeah, I, I had Montreal just after there. Like so again, it's all. I think there's kind of the the usual grouping of team there. I'm shocked. Nashville sucks, Tyson. I, I just they're I forward. Well, I'm Ryan, Ryan O'Reilly. Ryan O'Reilly is your number one center. This isn't 2013. Like I, I just don't. I just don't see it with Nashville. Um, I like their depth more than some of the other teams. All right. Well, you didn't think Tolvin would score 40 in there, so maybe you got some kind of Nashville blind eye. There's still a chance in Seattle. He, there's still a chance. Like, dude, is is Tootsie's paying you? Like, are you trying to get like free drinks? I don't know what's going on with you in Nashville. Uh, let me just see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Rounding out my bottom ten, uh, the teams that I mentioned there, and then I've got uh, Montreal, like you said, and then I've got Washington. 
ah, they're just they're old man they're too old they're not the same guys they used to be it's like name recognition when you look at them but I mean, Backstrom was on pace for 40 points last year. Uh, I mean, Ovi was the only guy anywhere near a point per game. It's just, it's kind of an underwhelming forward group right there. Uh, I don't know if you agree or had somebody else in your bottom 10. So to round out my bottom 10, I had Detroit, the Islanders, St. Louis, and then Nashville. Oh, St. Louis. Okay, okay. Well, we can can revisit Okay, yeah, for sure. But I like their top line. Other than that, I think that there's a lot of reclamation projects that are kind of some really t- swings for the fences. They're not not too stoked about the possibility of some of their low-level acquisitions or maybe bounce-back candidates actually bouncing back. All right. We will see. Uh, let's go from the worst to the best. And uh, probably the easiest one. Didn't even have to look up or study it. Uh, number one, we're all in agreement here that the uh, the Edmonton Oilers reclaimed their crown for a, at least for me, a second straight year, maybe even a third straight year. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, there's not really much else to say. Two best offensive players on the planet. And the number one guy is miles ahead of everybody else. And then on top of that, they had two other guys over a point a game last year. Nuge at 100. Hyman not that far away either to go along with. I mean, Evander Kane, the bottom six, there, there's just no weaknesses with Edmonton up front. And the rest of the Connor. roster is a different story, but. They added Connor Brown, too, and then even another year of Dylan Holloway getting you more yeah. used to the NFL. Maybe he takes another step, and all of a sudden your team, that that forward group has the potential to get even better than what yeah. they are right now, too. So They're they're setting themselves up to be like the Penguins of the, the mid-2010s, where it's like, Demon, meh. <laughs> <laughs> Try to stop us. And it, it might work for them. Um, for me, number two was also an easy one. I don't know if it's the team everybody might think off the top of their heads. Um, but I had New Jersey in at number two, Tyson. You agree? Yeah, my New that's Jersey a, at two as well. That's a damn good forward group they got out oh, there. Um, obviously, Toffoli coming in this offseason. Then Colorado, Toronto, and Dallas in my top five for me. Kind of wanted to put Dallas a little bit higher, but I, I I I feel pretty good about that as my top five. How about you? I had Toronto, not number three. Vegas at four, Dallas at five. Okay, I had Vegas at six. So again, usual suspects there. Um, after that, Florida at seven, LA at number eight. I wonder if these guys might be a little bit higher by the time the season's all said and done. But I got Buffalo in at number nine, Tice. And maybe my biggest shocker looking at this, I, I got to be honest, I did it mainly just because they've they've won so much. But I had to force myself to keep Tampa in the top ten. But it is not the same Lightning team we have no. seen in the past. That that I mean, take a look if you haven't. Even the second line, like there's just oh man, <laughs> Tyler, like they, it's hey, they're not complaining. I mean, there's a couple of banners hanging forever there in Tampa, but yeah, 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 it's they, they've got to find a way to to retool on the fly and and do it quick because it's just not the same deep team that we've seen in years past for sure. Yeah, and I think I mean we'll talk about when we get to our team rankings, but I think there's going to be 
a dramatic overhaul in the Atlantic division this year when come playoff time. But for my for six, I went Colorado, Carolina at seven, Florida at eight, Ottawa at nine. Oh, interesting. And the Rangers at 10. Wow. I, I like Ottawa's group. I like Ottawa's group a lot. Yeah, they got a good forward group. I, I think Buffalo's better. But I, I like the star power more, and I think there's more star level players on Ottawa than there is on Buffalo. Yeah, that might be fair. That might be fair. I mean, the Chuck. None of them are. None of them are. None of them are seven foot three, though. I mean, that's. <laughs> by the way, Tage Thompson grew another eight inches this off season. So excited to see what he does for an encore this year. Um, yeah, <laughs> I would be. I would be minorly surprised. Um. <laughs> You know what? One thing, and I know Buffalo's got a good forward group and everything like that. Not going to be shocked if Zach Benson makes a run at making the NHL team. I, I just, I, I think he's that good. I just still can't believe that he fell to the Buffalo Sabres whenever wherever they were picked, like 12, 13. Just that, that absolute home run of a pick for them. So the Jets aren't in the bottom 10 or the top 10. I don't think anybody would really disagree with that. Where they fit in afterwards will be interesting. Um, so let's kind of whittle this down a little bit, Tyson. For me, when I was ranking these teams, and we kind of disagree on this already because you have the Rangers higher than I do, much higher. Um, but for me, there's 14 teams that I think the top 14, in my opinion, that you cannot debate that the Winnipeg Jets have a better forward group than. Where they fit in after that, I think there's a little bit of wiggle room here and there. But I just can't put them any higher than 14. Uh, even try to be as optimistic as possible about you know, what the ceilings are for some of these um, additions that they made. But I don't think that they would fall into the 20s either. So again, even though there's been some major subtraction and a bit of addition, I got the Jets right in that mushy middle all over again. Agree or disagree? It's funny you said top 14 teams because I actually have the Jets at number 15 in my ranking. Oh, so yeah. Okay, so you do agree. Yeah, right. I like it. Like we said before, too, like it's kind of a toss up for a couple teams. I've got one team that's pretty far down low on my list that when you hear the name and you might think, what the heck, that low. But when you really look at their roster, it's really slim pickings. All right. Well, it's funny too, Tyson, because you said the Jets at 15, and I almost lost my mind, but I actually have them very similar to you. So I I, I don't know why I wanted to jump on you quickly there. (laughs) Um, So we got the top 10 and the bottom 10. Let's just go through the teams in the 20s, just because I I think the Jets, I I feel pretty comfortable that they're better than all of those teams. Um, Just outside of my bottom 10, I've got Detroit. You had them just in. I can't believe it, but I gotta put Boston at at twenty two. They don't have centermen. <laughs> like yep. you, you need you need legitimate centermen, or else it doesn't matter that you have the second best goal scorer on the planet, and then an all around you know forest out there like Brad Marchand. I I feel like I was pretty generous in putting Boston at twenty two. 
We'll see what they do, though. I, I just can't imagine they go into the season with the team that they have, but it kind of feels like they're going to do that. Um, I've got Calgary at 21 and then Seattle at 20. Yeah, you mentioned Boston. Like James Van Reems, like is one of their top two winners or top line winners too this year. That's, That's crazy. crazy. Pavel Zaka is your number one center. Then it's like, who are we going to play Morgan Geeky or? Yeah. Like they are really strapped, and yeah, like that's a team that I think if they don't make a move, which I think they still might, they could be in real trouble next season. But so for my ten, I had the Islanders, or sorry, I had the Columbus at eleven, Calgary at twelve. Wait, 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 wait! Like worst, right? I guess yeah. Worst. Okay. So be... <laughs> gotcha. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Yeah, so that would be, what, 20? 23, I think, is where it starts at. 23, Calgary at 22, Boston at 21, Vancouver at 20, Seattle at 19. I guess we'll stop there at 20. Okay, we got a little bit of differing opinions here, but that's good to see. So we both had the Jets comfortably in the teens. And that's probably where I think most people would have them. Um. Some of these clubs, I think, are pretty – it kind of comes down to personal preference and things like that. Um, let's get right into it. I'm not too far from you, Tice. I got them at 16. The Winnipeg Jets with the 16th best forward group. You have them at 15, so pretty damn similar there. And I think 15, 16, 17, 18, for me, I'm not going to quibble if you have them 17, 18. I just don't have – I can't put them higher than 14. The teams that I have ahead of them after the top 10 that we mentioned, I got Carolina at 11. Uh, Pittsburgh still, sadly, at 12. I got Vancouver way higher than you. I got Vancouver at 13, even ahead of your beloved Ottawa Senators, who I have at 14. Um, Vancouver, pretty much, I mean, Pedersen's out of this world. And for all of JT Miller's faults, I mean, to have a 90-point centerman as your number two guy, that's it's a pretty damn good one-two punch out there with the Canucks. Uh, their problems, we'll find out about that next week's episode, why uh, <laughs> why their forward group could be one place and the team ranking might be a little bit different. Um, and then I got the Rangers in at 15, just ahead of Winnipeg. Um, right after Winnipeg, the teams I struggled with were Minnesota-St. Louis. Winnipeg, Minnesota-St. Louis, intriguingly enough, all in the central there. I had a tough time figuring out who goes where, but ultimately I settled in on Winnipeg being the best of the three uh, followed by the New York Islanders at number 19. That is a little, we do have some differing there. I mean, because to, to round out after 10, I had LA, Tampa, Pittsburgh, Buffalo. And for those teams, I kind of like, I you could put them anywhere in that. Like for me, yeah. it really wasn't. Like, like you, I think we had Buffalo, Ottawa switch. Like yeah. maybe, other than that, one or two spots here or there. Right, and then after Buffalo was where I had Winnipeg at 16. I had, I still had Boston at 17. But that's mostly just because of Pasternak and Marshawn. And I do, I assume that they're going to make a move. So that, like, either, whether it be Elias Lindholm or Mark Shifley. But at the right right now, it is a little slim. And you're, you're banking on a guy like Morgan Gee yeah. kind of. I think you're being very that. generous to put them that high. <laughs> after Boston, Vancouver, and then I have Seattle after. So why 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 Vancouver behind Winnipeg? That that's kind of fascinating. I, I, I like the bottom 
I like the bottom six better compared to Vancouver's. Which I feel is like there's more. I feel like there's more cohesiveness, and the Canucks bottom six is kind of just like stapled together. They're just put together with no really rhyme or reason. Yeah, it is kind of a mishmash group of group of forwards there. It's just wild that we're, and I don't disagree that like the Jets' bottom six is legitimately solid. They're just, especially the fourth line. Whoever's playing on the fourth line for the Jets this year, it's going to be the best fourth line they've had in in years. I mean, may, maybe ever. You could make the case to start a regular season. They haven't had a fourth line as good as the one that they have right now. Um, I do think Vancouver's top six still has a little more. Yeah, I, I, I'm just a big Pedersen fan to me. That pushes Vancouver up a decent amount there. Right, like if you're going Pedersen versus Shifley, it's a pretty. I think at least it's a pretty sizable gap between the two players there. So I always lean more to down the middle, and not a huge JT Miller fan, but Pedersen Miller, that's a pretty good one-two punch. That's one of the better ones. Um, so I, I guess what we do this year, Tyson, what do we make of the Jets being essentially right down the middle, 15, 16, whatever? League average forward group, second straight year, they've kind of hovered around that mark. Did it with Dubois last year, not Dubois this year. Is that is that good enough? Like, it, I don't know. It's just, it, it, it's interesting taking a look at it and, and, and trying to decipher what exactly this means about the state of the team. Is I, I guess, too, is it an optimistic 16 or a pessimistic 16, meaning that 16 with room of improvement or uh oh things could go south really quickly and find themselves dropping closer to the bottom 10 of the top 10 well excuse me there's the one move where if mark shifley's gone then the that, team kind yeah. of crumbles down Let, let's quite. just let's assume right. that everybody stays and then how things could potentially play out i think it's okay to have the 15th ranked or 16th ranked offense if you're if behind that offense you have a really, really solid decor. And I, I haven't really looked too much into really ranking all the defensives, but I don't think the Jets defense is going to be ranked higher than the forward group. And that's the problem here. It's you have a million. They're, they're, not, they're not going to be in the top 10, I think is a fair statement to say without looking at the rest of the league, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so now it's like we've said a bunch, you're in that cushy middle the no man's land that no one really wants to be in. It's, it's one thing to get playoff series and play two games at, at home in the playoffs. But what is that really getting you right at the ultimate goal is winning the Stanley cup. It's still like, I get that. I do understand, kind of understand the direction the team's going, but at the same time, it's, it's not a super clear one, right? Like you're kind of going into the season again, where, like last season, you're relying on a lot of things to kind of bounce your way. And do you, is it reasonable to assume that those things are going to be able to bounce this year like they did last year? I'm not too sure. Yeah, no, I mean, if you're talking about a plan as a whole, I mean, we can get to that in the team rankings. It's pretty clear the plan is to be a, a wild card team. You can argue about how effective that plan is, but like it's yeah. pretty clear what they're trying to do, right? So... I, I think that's the direction is let's try to get into the playoffs and um, maybe we do a Florida, maybe we don't, but that's, that's going to be the road that we're taking for the uh, immediate future at the very least. 
when it comes to the forward court, Tice, I, I think really the, the reason for optimism and the reason for pessimism is centered around the same two players. And that's Gabe Velarde and Cole Perfetti. If, if you think one or both of them are going to be studs this year, then you think, yeah, the Jets are probably going to be a top-half offensive team. But if there's going to be a bit of growing pains for the two, it's going to be a little bit ugly. <laughs> like, they're not going to be, they're not, like you said, they're not good enough in the rest of the roster for them to overcome some of those issues. So that is really where the Jets are, are, are hanging their hat going into the season. And that's that's a lot to place on those two guys. Not that they're incapable of delivering it, but uh, yeah, you, you would like to uh, have a little more certainty in uh, in that spot in the lineup. And the Jets certainly don't have that. Having said that, though, it's one of the deepest forward groups they've had in quite some time. And that's one through twelve. Like they're just this. This is a group where, and even if there is a couple of injuries you're feeling pretty good about some of the guys that can fill in below them that aren't going to be in the top 12, right? Like, I yeah. mean, Jansen Harkins, point-per-game player in the AHL. Uh, I mean, Janssen Fialbi, you have a, a ferocious four-checker in your bottom six there. Um, I mean, whoever loses between Gustafson and Kupari for that fourth-line center battle, you know, you're feeling good if they get back into the lineup there. And there's a few other guys as well after that, right? Like, so at least the depth is there for this team. Um, what, what also intrigues me about the forward group and the forward rankings over the years, Tice, is, uh, there's a clear direction the Jets are going in Yeah, when it comes to the strength of their forward group. And it's, it's not a positive one. Like this used to be, again, unfortunately going back to 2018, this was one of the top three forward groups in the NHL. Then it was a top five, uh, top 10. And now they've kind of found themselves in this area. And I, I wonder I wonder where things are going to be in a little bit. It's it's tough to say, you know, make a prediction, right? But I I wonder I wonder if this is a top 20 forward group going into next season. You know what I mean? Like that's if you had to bet one way or the other, I I might I might go with the negative direction on that one, Tice. Might not be the worst thing for the team like, you know, in terms of picking a path, but it it is it's a little difficult to see them crack in the top 10 anytime soon, barring a massive, massive leap from one of their young guys here. Yeah, it's it's troubling. Like, you, you almost guaranteed Mark Schleifley won't be on this team next year. Now, all of a sudden, if Perfetti and Velarde have some of those growing pains, like you mentioned, you're really looking for a number one center all of a sudden. And maybe not even a number one center. You might be looking for two centers if you find out that maybe Perfetti and Velarde can't really perform like you thought at center. And so that's where things can get really tricky. When you're looking for two top-line centers in the NHL, you're in a not great place in the standings. Yeah. And I don't know how well that's going to bode for some of these other start players on the on the team, like a Nikolai Ehlers, whose contract isn't up after this season, but the season after that. You start to, you start to get some, are we going to be doing this again next season sort of thing? Like it's, it's going to be interesting how it plays out. And, and I really wonder how quickly they'll shift focuses, depending on how the season goes. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Like, if, they, if they really think, like, after a month and a half, two months, like, hey, we are, we're already at, like, eight or ten points out of a playoff spot right now. Like, do we need to kind of just expedite this and go for the higher pick this year? That's going to be – it'll be very interesting to see. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's a great point. And I mean, if that happens, 
do you have a one-two punch of Perfetti Velarde down the middle and you you figure out all right, hopefully one of these guys can can take the mantle for us here. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, I mean that, that the start's gonna be massive for the team. The nice thing for the Jets, I mean, if if they can find at least at least if Velarde can maybe be the answer for the team down the middle. I'm not gonna say a superstar, but just you know, exceeds expectations this year. The future of this forward group is, again, once again, very deep on the wing. Like, you don't have to worry about, you know, where's the scoring, where's the talent, where's the skill going to come from out there. You would think with Barlow, with Lambert, with Chaz Lucius, hopefully, and then you've got McGrody in there as well. That's a pretty impressive stable of, I imagine they're all going to be wingers, right? But that's a pretty impressive group of young guys coming in to help um, to help supplement what the team already has out there on the wing right now. It's just like a lot of teams on the outside looking in, you know, can we find that impact guy down the middle or do we have to move some of those assets to bring him in elsewhere? We'll find out. But uh, as it stands right now, bang average right down the middle is where the Winnipeg Jets find themselves, according to skates and plates, at least um, in the forward rankings heading into the 2023-24 season. Let us know what you think, though, because that'll be the basis of our next episode. Well, that'll do it for us here today. We'll wrap it up, but we will get back at it to close out the week on Friday with a mailbag episode. All of your thoughts, questions, whatever it is, predictions, want to hear it all about the Winnipeg Jets forward group. Let us know. Hit us up on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewiki, at Tyson Rewiki, at Skates Plates Pod. Do you agree with us? The Winnipeg Jets, 15, 16, in and around that range. Do you agree with the rest of our picks? Or is there reason for optimism or pessimism when it comes to Winnipeg's forward group this upcoming year? We'll get to all of those thoughts in our next episode to wrap things up at the end of the week. Until then, though, hope you guys are doing all right after the long weekend and enjoy the rest of the work week. Uh, I'm Brandon Rewicki, your host. With CJOB's Tyson Rewiki once again, like I said, we'll get back at it to close out the week Friday morning. Until then, enjoy the rest of the week. Stay safe and have a good time, everybody. Peace.